0: Welcome to Papa's House Church, Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Charles. For more information about this service, visit Papa's House India by logging in into SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube and Facebook. So we will continue today, the next season and see how God leads. But I believe I wanted to make a a lighter note. I don't know whether you like... uh, I like jokes, I like to talk a little bit, you know, make it the mood lighter so that I have your attention so that we will continue, okay? You might have heard this, me saying this, but it's been a while, I have not repeated this. Uh, who are lizards? Uh, lizards are the poor crocodiles who forgot to have orlix when they were younger, <laughs> okay? What is a pizza? A pizza is just a pump that just went abroad for higher education. <laughs> Uh, Okay This is a disclaimer Okay So I have no Hard feelings uh, When I say this joke Okay What is the best example Of once in a lifetime Opportunity A mosquito Sitting on your Mother-in-law's face (laughs) Okay Uh, I love my mother-in-law So (laughs) And I'm sure My wife loves Her mother-in-law Also So it's just A it's just a joke, okay? So it's, let's keep it like a joke, okay? Wonderful. Uh, now, lift up your Bible. If you have one, or if you have a digital one, lift up your phones. And you say this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to us. We are here to hear your voice. And Lord, I happen to be the vessel that you have chosen to deliver the word. I don't want to mix my own masala into it. Father, I pray that I'm just here as a channel. Would you speak through me and let your children hear your voice and let them be transformed in your image so that your name is glorified and your kingdom is established on earth in velour as it is in heaven. So we thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So we started off with this thought of David being a man after God's own heart. And that's from the text that we uh, took from 1st Samuel 13:14. It goes like this. Now your kingdom will not endure. It was Samuel talking to Saul. And he said, the Lord has sought a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. And... Uh, I'm not gonna do a long recap of the last week, but I'll do a quick recap. You know, David went through a five seasons of his life and it's also a prophetic season. And he was anointed when he was the age of 17, but then He went through a process, actually God took him a process of almost 20 years, a process of preparation, and and he went through five journeys, five seasons, and at the age of 37, God released him to be the King of Israel. And that's exactly what we all go through in our life. God gives us a vision, but then from the vision to the fulfillment of vision, I always call this from the mountain of promise, the fulfillment of the mountain of promise, there is always a valley of preparation. And David went through that valley. And there was five cities he went through. The Bethlehem, we talked about last week. It's called the house of bread, Bethlehem. But Bethlehem is also a place of loneliness and obscurity. No one notices you. You're just a shepherd in a no man's land. And it's a place where David found the one and the most important thing, which is an audience of one. So it's not about people. It's not about what people talk about you. It's not about the applause of men. It's about you and God, the audience of one. So his identity was not rooted in what he was doing. And I just said this last week, his identity was rooted in who he is in Christ. And sometimes we get wrapped up with our identities like, I'm doing this, so I must be special. I'm doing this, I must be good. I'm doing this because God is excited and working with me. No, 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 no. Your identity is not based on what you do, but who you are in Christ. And that's what we talked about last week. And this week, we will get into the second season. He went through, it's called Gibeah. Gibeah is actually a land of salt saul actually lived in Gibeah, and uh, Gibeah means hill or a hill top view or a mountain top whatever you can call it so if you look at 4 samuel 15 and 4 samuel 18 2 we are doing a lot of uh, scriptures so it will be on the screen here you can meditate that and then if you have time read the whole chapters so it will give you a, a good uh, perspective and a context so then samuel left for rama and this was after Samuel confronted Saul. On Saul went to his home in Gibeah of Saul. And then you see the story after 1 Samuel 15, 16, 17. 17, he meets Goliath. He makes a big, you know, uh, big entrance. He gives the people of Israel the victory. Actually, the Lord gives through David. And then you see in 1 Samuel 18 verse 2, you see... From the day Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. So probably, you know, when he was 17, he was anointed, maybe around 18 or we don't know exactly the date uh, the year, so he encountered this whole ordeal with meeting Goliath and, uh, and fighting and winning the battle. So until age of 23 or even 24, David was with Saul in the land of gibeah and david was used by god to pull out the whole nation from disaster he became a national hero and brought the nation into a significant victory by overcoming goliath and if you read first chapter 17 it talks about the david and goliath and by the way i need to make a little bit of you know sidetrack and I want to talk a little bit about this It will take me maybe three to five minutes you need to understand that David's ancestor David's father was Jesse and Jesse's father was Obed. obey's father was Boaz okay little bit of a history lesson okay now who was Boaz married to it starts with R end with H you tell me Ruth, you tell me. Ruth. <laughs> okay it's Ruth and who was Ruth Ruth was a Moabite woman Ruth was not an Israelite and Ruth was the daughter-in-law of Nahomi so Ruth was the daughter-in-law of Nahomi now you know the story of Naomi. Naomi left Israel because there was a plague there and she left Israel and she went to a, a foreign land. And there, there was food there and finally there, her husband, her two children all died. You know the story. Now, there were two mother, daughter-in-laws for Naomi. One was called Orpah, not Oprah. It could be Oprah, but <laughs> it was Orpah. Not Okra, that's lady's finger, but it's orpa. and the other one was, you know, Ruth. And Orpa said, you know, I am not going to follow you. I'm just going to go and follow somebody else. And she left. Ruth said to Nahomi, your people are my people. Your God is my God. And I guess, I mean, it's again a little bit of my humor. You know, I think Ruth is uh, not an Indian. If Orpa might be an Indian, so that's why she didn't want to say to her mother-in-law, your, your God is not my God, your people are not my people. Again, it's a little bit of a humor to lighten the mood. Don't get so worked about it, you know. So, And then Ruth said, she married, you know, uh, your people are my people and she goes back into the fields of Bohas, and Bohas marries uh, Ruth and out of that came you know Obed and Jesse and David and now the flip side of the story Orpah Orpah goes back to her place and this is very beautiful Orpah becomes a prostitute and her grandson is what? Goliath hello can you you imagine this two daughter-in-laws one said yes to god's ways and walked after a very tough path as a stranger into the promised land was now embraced and he was included even in the genealogy of jesus another one said i don't need and went and then god raised david to overcome goliath what a beautiful thing no i just thought i'd give that to you so that you will get a context of what we are dealing with here so now 1st Samuel chapter 17 talks about David overcoming Goliath interestingly if you look at David he was shepherd and he was just taking care of this few little sheep and he was very curious went to the camp to bring cheese and crackers i don't know what he brought i just you know was just thinking that he would brought some snacks to his brothers he was very curious what's in it for him to take down Goliath look at 1st Samuel 17 and i'll put it up in the screen 1 Samuel 17, verse 24. I'm I'm reading from the amplified version. It goes like this. The king will reward the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter in marriage and make his father's house, family, free from taxes and service. So these are the three things David thought. Oh, wow. You know, first one is money. Number two, I'm single and available. King's daughter is going to be my wife no more taxes can you imagine that so David pretty much thought my goodness you know what a good deal it is can you imagine that for those who are married stay there but those who are unmarried think about it imagine you getting all the money and then you get your king's daughter or king's son as your wife or your husband And then for the rest of your life, I'm a taxpayer for almost nine years. So for those taxpayers, you know what I'm talking about. No more tax pay. Can you imagine the deal? That's a very good deal. Okay, so that was the deal. David was like, wow, that sounds good. If you look at 1 Samuel 17, verse 34 to 37, it says, David said to Saul, and this is where he got Like, wow, I need to do something. David said to Saul, your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion and a bear came and took lamb out of the flock. I went out after it and attacked it and rescued the lamb from his mouth. And when it rose up against me, I seized it by the whiskers and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, and he mentions this uncircumcised, uncircumcised, quite a few times in those chapters, will be like one of them. Since he has taunted and defiled the armies of the living God, David said, the Lord who rescued me from the power of the lion and from the power of the bear, he will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. This is the one beautiful thing I have written down here. Life point number one. I have four life points, okay? Number one, when we are faithful in overcoming the lion and the bear in the secret, he enables us to defeat Goliath in public. What do I mean by that? That means when you are faithful in the little character test that God gives you, you know, Saturday night you are free, nobody is there, and you have your internet and you you have all the options to Do something weird, but you are choosing to overcome those lions or the temptations called bears. In the faithful and the secret, God rewards you openly. Amen. And many times we want to have corporate public victories, but God is not ready to give you corporate public victories. He wants to make sure that you have conquered and won the private victories. And I've said this plenty of time, and I'm not ashamed to repeat this again. God is more interested in conquering you first than conquering through you. Amen, put this, put your hand on your heart and say, God, conquer me first before conquering through me. Amen, conquer me first before conquering through me. And you know where you need to be conquered. You talk to daddy about it, whatever it is, it could be last, it could be, you know, compulsive buying it could be you know anger it could be short temper it could be resentment it could be you know a fear of uh, a failure whatever areas whatever it is say to daddy god you conquer me first before conquering through me and that's what happened in the life of david david has this first taste of earthly success the whole nation came to know can you think about it just for a moment he was a shepherd boy nobody knows him suddenly the whole nation talks about him he became from tending the sheep to serving the king and that's amazing what was God doing in that time God was testing the character of David and I want to ask you my dear brothers and sisters have you ever tasted a little success a little victory what happens when you tasted that success and victory or you get so worked about it and you say, well, I am a victorious person. God is now using me. I remember people come out of the graduation from the Bible school. The first thing they do is printing their business card, visiting cards and they will write, you know, reverend or doctor or bishop or pastor. (laughs) I accidentally called a pastor brother. He got so offended. He said, I'm not, you know, and Tamil people cannot say pastor. They usually say the P as B and you call, put the P instead of B and you say that it it sounds like a curse word, you know. So, So, it's ridiculous and that's actually sometimes you fall into this. This was a test of promotion God said before David in Gibeah and I wrote down here, I wanted to say this to you. Blessing tests us differently than adversity. Look at verse Proverbs 27, 21. I'm going to read in few translations and I will put it up in the screen and we will read this together. Okay. Proverbs 27, 21. The crucible is for silver and furnace is for gold. So your person is tested by being praised. Look at what the passion translation says. Fire is the way to test the purity of silver and gold. But the character of a man is tested by giving him the measure of fame. (laughs) amplified version says the refining pot is for silver and furnace for gold to separate the impurities of the metal so each is tested by the praises given to him and his response to it whether humble or proud and look at the children's bible says the hot furnace tests silver and gold and the people are tested by the praises they receive wow have you received a praise and you think that you are so anointed you know this is what I want to encourage you. There are two ways to go about it when you receive a praise. Okay, and I'm sure if you have not received very soon, you're going to be receiving praises. And I want you to handle it well. God wants you to handle praises well. Because you know, the enemy says we when need when, when people are praising, it's all about you. It's because you. I don't think so. When God, what God has in mind, when you get praises, when you get compliments. Actually, God wants you to deal it well. When you receive praises, when somebody says, last night Chenny cooked excellent pork, you know, we still have leftovers and that's what we're going to eat for lunch. So I have told my menu what's for lunch. So, but you know, so if somebody comes and says, man, that pork was salivating, you know, what you do? You compliment. If somebody compliments, you don't say, that's nothing, brother. You know, if it is nothing, our Indian people, you know. If they don't like, they don't take it seconds. Yes? That's what we say. Sometimes I was, I own Thanksgiving dinner in one, during, in States. And uh, they served me this, uh, this uh, (laughs) turkey with some kind of sweet sauce. And they said, do you want seconds more? I'm like, no way. And after... Eating, I said to my wife, let's go, go to McDonald's or Pollo Loco. Get some chicken. <laughs> you know, because it's it's like when you don't like the food and Indians are very polite. They will be like, no thanks, I'm full. Uh, you are starving inside. But you don't want it to eat, you know. So, if somebody compliments you, you just don't say it's nothing. You say, thank you. But deep inside you say, daddy, they're talking about you. You know what is humility? Humility is receiving all the credits but don't keep it yourself, but give it to God. Amen. Next time somebody says, Hey, the way you did, the way you dealt with this patient, the way you addressed the situation, the way you dealt with this crisis, the way you handled the situation in your department, it's exceptional. Don't say, nothing brother. No, you say, thank you. And you say, Daddy, I give you the glory. Amen? Isn't it beautiful? And that's what God is asking us. It's amazingly, you know, how success affects the human heart. And it's so crazy when people get success, pride kicks in and they forget who they were in the beginning. Let me tell you guys, please let the new image and the position will never should put you in a place where you forget where you come from. Amen David had this very clear He always says God thank you For taking me from the lowest place Make me seated there I thank you He acknowledged all the time Where he came from A Lot of people They just You know (laughs) And I see sometimes Very crazy about it You know There was one guy I will not mention the name at all But he went only once abroad He came back And he was eating chapati With knife and fork You know, chapati. (laughs) Can you imagine cutting chapati with me? Because he said, "I came back from you know such and such a country. Uh, I wanted to use knife and fork." I'm like, "Hmm?" I wanted to just slap him on his cheek and say, "Hey, wake up! (laughs) This is chapati. It's not even Italy, you know." So, so that's the thing. People just so uh, weird about it. Just immediately they get success or instant promotion, and and this is what history tells us. And this is done a majority of research. People have done a lot of research on that and they have come to a conclusion that human race always, you know, when they get promoted, even a little bit, they become less devoted to God and to the people around them. And this leads me to the second point, life point number two. Don't lose the tenderness towards the Lord. What is the tenderness being sensitive to the lord and leading it's the heart of humility suddenly people say you know what i'm a pastor i'm a leader i'm you know you see all those people working with me they didn't get promoted i got promoted look because i think i'm anointed you see everybody looks that's the hardened heart ezekiel 36 talks about it so don't lose that tenderness the tenderness is the the humility the heart of humbleness you know willing to kneel down before god and you know sometimes people you know and i've seen this in the modern churches in the village you go to and they don't have a problem kneeling down and lifting up their hands in the modern churches we feel a little bit awkward kneeling down why should i kneel down oh man it's too much and you know it's like I'm not saying kneeling down is a humility. I'm just saying you need to check your heart. If you feel a little bit like, man, what do people think I'm kneeling down? David never even thought that. He was dancing before the Lord. And we even think about, sing about it, you know, I'm dancing undignified. His wife Saul's daughter was gave as a present to David. She despised and the Bible says she was barren. She never produced God doesn't produce a fruit from a prideful person. God always produces fruit from a heart of a humility. Amen. Now, second one, when we lose the tenderness and the sweetness towards the Lord, you begin to lose, I wrote down here, you begin to lose the intimacy with the Lord and begin to see your identity in ministry or position. And that's what happens many times, people. They lose the tenderness towards the Lord. And what happens? They begin to lose the intimacy. What is intimacy? Into me, you can see. Amen. And then what happens? We create this fake wall called identity. And the identity is based on what? Ministry or position. I'm a pastor, brother. I'm a traveling evangelist. 40 countries a year I travel. I'm the HOD i have this i have that i got promoted this 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 and then you create this identity the fake identity what happens one day collapses <laughs> what happened these things all falls apart you see one day all these things we are doing is gonna cease prophecy is gonna cease preaching and teaching is gonna cease who are you gonna do prophecy in heaven are you gonna go to peter and you're gonna say i feel in my spirit that I see you walking on water <laughs> are you going to prophesy to Peter I, you know, are you going to say to Ezekiel I feel in my spirit you are going to lay down on one side naked for three years another side for two months who are you going to prophesy you are not going to prophesy to anyone when you go to heaven you know you are not going to prophesy when you go to preach and teach anyone you are not going to give seven successful steps how to live kingdom lifestyle when you go to heaven one thing you and me will be doing what is that the bible says in revelation 7 9 standing before the throne worshipping the king of Glory. amen so my dear brothers and sisters do not allow your identity based on ministry or position all this are temporary one day it's all gonna fall apart What's going to stand is you as a person before the king of glory. Amen. And look at this verse Mm -hmm. Deuteronomy 8 from verse 11 to 14. Look at this. God warned us. Don't forget the Lord. Look at this verse. Be careful not forget the Lord your God. Don't fail to obey his commands. Laws and rules. I'm giving them today. You will eat all you want. You will build nice houses and live in them. Your herds of cattle and flocks of sheep will grow large. Your silver and gold will grow. You will have more of everything. Then verse fourteen. Look at this verse fourteen. Then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God. He brought you out of the land of Egypt, where you were slaves. What is Egypt? It talks about sin, our past life, BC life, before Christ life. All of you had BC life, right? <laughs> yes. Amen. Sandeep is the only one saying yes and now. Nobody is like everybody looks like super holy, you know. So, I mean, so everyone had a BC life that's called Egypt. Don't forget. See, God is not interested. He's not saying you will not have your cattles, you will not have your herds. You know, one of the desires we have that we we felt in our heart that when we moved to the land, we wanted to have like a eco-culture, where we have our fruit trees, gardens, you know, a little bit of goats. We have already three members of goats and it's multiplying. So we want to have cows and, you know, we want to be self-sustaining, eat the fruit from that land. Somebody say, Amen. I know Sunil brother will say, Amen, but the rest of you, I want to invite you into that, you know, so this is so beautiful. Why? Because God is desiring us to live nicely. He is not a mean God. If I am a, you know, earthly father, desires the best for my son, how much more God desires? But then the Lord says, don't allow the pride to get in. Don't forget where you come from. Where we come from? Amen. Where we come from? We come from extreme darkness. First Peter 2.9 says, it's not up on the screen, it says, we were once in darkness, but we were transported to, transferred to marvelous life. And God gives us this beautiful title. What is it called? The royal priesthood. What is it, royal priesthood? It's got two anointing king and priest anointing. You are king's kids, but also you are bringing a sweet aroma to the Lord. Old Testament, you go and the temple and sacrifice. New Testament, you are the temple and your life is a sacrifice. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't it beautiful? God knew the season of favor for David would be very temporary. He wanted David to learn to respond with humility and love whether in Bethlehem or in Gibeah. You see, Bethlehem was a time of isolation it's a time of obscurity but now Gibeah becomes a national spotlight now everybody talks about it look at this psalm 75 6 and 7 for not from the east not from the west not from the desert comes exaltation but God is the judge he puts down one and lifts up another look at the passion translation this I know the favour that brings promotion and power doesn't come from anywhere on earth, for no one exalts a person but God, a true judge of all. He alone determines favour, where favour rests, His anointing, his anoints once for greatness and brings another down for his knees. Now I want you to put your hand on your heart and say, my favour, my promotion comes from the Lord. My favor, my promotion comes from the Lord. You don't have to soap somebody. You don't have to please. I, I'm not saying you have to be rude to your authorities. You're not. No, no, no. I'm just saying you don't have to. The world says the more you please soap somebody, the butter someone. Maybe they will give you some favor. No, 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 no. You don't have to butter anyone. Amen. Betty bought a butter, butter was better. So she bought a better, You know, so you don't have to butter anyone. Amen. You, your favor comes from the Lord. Your promotion comes from the Lord. 98th nation. I told you the story. I'm going to tell you this little bit. 98 nations i have been and I desire in my heart to Israel to be the 100th nation. And many people suggested, go and find a travel agent. You can go to Jordan and from bus, you can take it to Israel and they will tell you stories. I said, Lord, that's not what you told me. You told me that you will open doors to preach the good news. And I said, Lord, I have no clue. And I remember June 15th or 13th of 2017, I got an email and says, we are so-and-so from Israel. We are running this ministry called blah, blah, blah. And we heard about you. I heard, we heard that you talk on the Holy Spirit. We want you to come and do a seminar on the Holy Spirit. We are based in Jerusalem. And then goes second paragraph. We will give you this honorarium and pay your ticket. Where favor comes from? From the Lord. So I told them, I've been 98. I wanted to go 100 as Israel. And she said, okay. We will buy you a ticket via Cyprus. And I had a privilege of visiting Cyprus, blessing Cyprus and going to Israel and my wife and kids also could join. Let me tell you this, write it down in your heart, God knows your email address. <laughs> you don't need to write your business card and say, Ayya, here is this. Eh? You don't need to tell, you know, you don't need to say. Show your face, work it. No, no, no. God is your boss. He will lift you up when he wants to. Amen. God works wonders. Amen. So that's what I want to encourage you, my dear brothers and sisters. Look, that's why this I know. This passion translation is so poetic. This I know. Why don't you say, this I know. Favor comes from the Lord. Power belongs to him. He promotes me. This leads me to life point number three. And, and this is what is up on the screen, you can see it. Often God gives us a sudden success to equip us for the wilderness years that are ahead. God willing, next week we'll talk about the third season. It's called Adulam. We will talk, Adulam means cave. Okay. Bethlehem, obscurity, but an audience of one. Gibeah, mountaintop, hill. You could see victory, suddenly national spotlight, success. How are you dealing? Early success, the third one. God willing next week, Adulam. you go through a season of rejection, pain, jealousy, people suddenly will be saying, how come you got this promotion? Hmm? When I told, when I was 11 years ago, when I got married, you know, when I met Eunice in 2007, I told my friends, hey, I met this most beautiful girl in the whole world. Her name is Eunice and she's from Spain and they, they do not believe my friends. They said, show me the picture. I showed the picture and they said, love is blind. How come? Hmm? How come you got it? Prithil can say yes to that, right? Hmm? How come? How come? How come? You know, they were so like, I can see their their weird jealousy comes out. Hmm? Hello? And why? Because the Lord is the one who gives favor. Amen. So God often gives us a certain success. Why? He was testing. It was, I think, Abraham Lincoln, I'm not sure. He said, if you want to test man's character, give him power. Let's see how he deals with success. You know. So God gives you that success. Maybe you got a breakthrough. What he was doing? He was preparing you for the wilderness. And I will tell you, I want to be vulnerable here when we started papa's house we had a lot of people boom coming in and then we thought oh wow it's growing and suddenly the same people who are so excited to come they spoke very negative words and then left and it became like an empty nest again and we were so like kind of like lord what's going on god took us through a cave of adulam where we are our ministry our success is not depends on who comes in who stays who goes it's me and god say this after me me and god are majority amen me and god are majority if you have that worked out in your system whatever comes on it's all add-ons amen it's not a main ingredient it's accessories you and god the main ingredient amen now he will receive you know how are we dealing with the applause of men how do you react to the applause of men life point number four and this is the last one and then we will take communion together and it's up in the screen life alternates between this is the beautiful thing between times of promotion and times of struggle times of favor and times of difficulty times of being blessed relationships and times of betrayal anybody gone through that times of betrayal Somebody would dip David says, somebody would dipped bread with me. Who was he talking about? He was talking about Jonathan. Hello. Many people don't understand. Jonathan had a double relationship. You see, if Jonathan, Jonathan only knew where David was, nobody knows. So David was every time jumping the gun, per se, you know, his life was in jeopardy. And Jonathan had two win win situations. If David kills Saul, his father he will be number two. If Saul kills David, he will be number one. (laughs) So that's why David says, you know, somebody would dip the bread with me. You know, maybe we are Indians. We can say somebody would dip chapati into the stabji with me. Betrayed me. Hello. So, we go through this times of difficulty blessed relationships times of betrayal times of blessings and times of challenges during this times my question to you my brothers and sisters are you anchored in who god is or what's happening around you what's happened no season continues to be unbroken in life everyone gone through these difficulties Moses had gone through, take a life of Moses, he had an early promotion, he had a great authority when he was 40 years old, you know the story, and then he thought the hard years were over, and then the Lord had a different plan, he was moved from prominence to wilderness, remember that story, he was, God has to work it out, in the 40 he had an early promotion, then he went through the season of adulam another 40 years god has to conquer him before conquer through him then at the 80 god used to conquer through him then to enter into the promised land joseph he got an early promotion he was sold as a slave but then he was become the whole god in Portipar's house again the early success brought him down he went through a season of dungeon prison obscurity nobody knows adulam then god raised him to be the prime minister of Egypt. Saul, <laughs> New Testament, amazing story. Saul, Saul, you know, <laughs> Saul wrote almost one third of the New Testament. And if Saul would have said like John, if you read 1st John, 2nd John, 3rd John, there is one verse keep on repeating in John. He says that, I don't want to write everything in pen and ink. I want to come and talk to you face to face. If Paul would have said like that, every letter of Paul would be like only one chapter, two chapters but Paul did not say he wrote almost everything but do you know about Paul Paul spent 14 years in the wilderness he had an encounter with Jesus on the way to Damascus, Syria in Acts chapter 9 but then in Galatians you read chapter 1 and in chapter 2 he talks about he was in Saudi Arabia for 3 years I don't know what was he doing there but then he spent 14 years nobody knows about him nobody knows about him can you imagine that can you imagine that so don't think god raised you because he has seen some good stuff in you e stanley jones says this and the aw toser also repeats this anything good that is in me is shown to the world is not from me it's from the lord hello are you clear anything good that is in me, is shown to the world, it's not from me, it's from the Lord. If we get this, my dear brothers and sisters, our life, I'm not promising you it will be walking on rose petals, but I'm sure that you know that your identity is not on things, it's on the one who lives in us. Amen. I want to close this off with a couple of questions and we are going to be praying together, okay? I wanna ask you this. When criticism and compliments come in, in our lives, we should not take it to the heart or to the head. You know what happens when you take it to the heart, you become discouraged. When your people criticize, you will talk about it God willing next week. You know, if you take it to the heart, you become discouraged. But then when praises comes, don't take it to your head. If you take it in your head, you become proud and arrogant both discouragement, proud and arrogant are a dead end. You know what we are called to do? We are called to bring it to the Lord. And I have written down here two questions, okay? And I want you to talk about these two questions. Okay, number one, have you tasted promotion? Okay, number two, have you realized your character was being tested and how do you handle praises? Does it get to your head? Let's be honest with one another that's why this is not an institution church, this is a family. Amen.